Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on today's show. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of the program, and we've got a fun one planned for you today here on Locked On Blue Devils. Yesterday, I really appreciate Josh Cox joining me on the show. We had a couple of fill-in-the-blank statements about Duke football, and we answered those questions yesterday. Today, it's going to be all basketball, and I'm going to have my good buddy Dustin Shue from the Devil's Den podcast joining us on the show today. I want to let you know that today's show of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you haven't done so already, follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast, and you'll get the latest episode of the show each and every day as soon as it comes out. Dustin Chu's here with me on today's podcast. Glad to have you back on the show, Dustin. The fact that you decided to come back for another time means that the first one went pretty well from your perspective, and so for that, I'm greatly appreciative. Yeah, JJ, I appreciate you having me. Uh, had a great time the first time and learned so much, so figured we'd do this again. I'll start slowly picking up the uh, – tricks of the trade (laughs) well let's get right to it man we're gonna fill in the blanks on today's show and what i like doing here is not just focus on this year's upcoming team i think it's so important as a duke basketball fan to reminisce a little bit and to think about the good times and some good moments and so we're gonna do that on today's show so here we go our first fill in the blank for today's podcast blank has the best looking jump shot to play at Duke. It's right, hard so, to pick one. So my cab, is it anytime? I, I have no, I want you to take this how you want. Man, well, there's, I mean, you Again, got Trajan. It's hard to pick one. You had Trajan Langdon. I mean, of course, a lot of people love JJ. Um, me as a lefty watching Southpaws let it fly, Rodney, uh, yeah. Rodney Hood, Luke Kennard. I think the purest jump shot though that I've seen from a, a aesthetical, standpoint was Andre Dawkins man every time he let it loose I thought that thing's going (laughs) it did look great yeah and it was it was it was as close to as perfect of form if I can remember anybody having it was just buttery soft always squared it was just it was just a thing to to behold it was yeah perfect Reddick's textbook right like I I mean and best looking jump shot sure JJ is outstanding. I mean, look, JJ's got videos of how to shoot. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for, for me, and I think there's there's probably a lot of people that might pick Andre. I mean, obviously, JJ's, you can't go wrong with that, right? right? I mean, that's it. What records did he not break, you know? So, um, but just like I said, from my eye, I just love the way Andre let it loose. And see, I, I kind of forgot about Andre Dawkins in this discussion, Dustin, okay. truthfully. And okay. I'm not even going to pick J.J. Redick either. I want to okay. remind you, I'm in the same boat as you. As a lefty myself, our love for Mark Mitchell on this year's team coming up that we've got, I got to go Luke Kennard, man. Like, Kennard. I just something about that left-handed shot. We talked about it last week on the show when we were talking 
his Clippers season review from this past year. But boy, that guy can shoot it with that left hand from the outside. You know the Looks funny thing great. about yeah, the funny thing about Luke is if he touches his hair first, oh, that one's going <laughs> yeah. down. If he does this, oh, watch out. That one's that's a three ball coming. That's sure. such a good takeaway. What yeah. I talked about last week on the show too, uh, I had the um, beat writer for the Clippers from the Los Angeles Times joined okay. me on the show to kind of review his season. He was talking about the fact that Justice Winslow, you know, started the year with the Clippers this past yep. season, and the entire locker room had a grudge against Luke Kennard because this past year he had his jersey retired at Franklin High School back in Ohio, right. and people were reminded of the fact that Luke is naturally right-handed, was an yep. all-state right-handed quarterback, yep. does everything right-handed, and then the Clipper teammates were like, Bro, then you come out here and just decide to shoot left-handed. And I'm like, yeah, it looks amazing. Like, I he, would shoot left-handed. if it He's one like of that. those guys that is probably just naturally good at everything. Right. You know, I, I have a buddy that I grew up with. We played basketball together every year that I ever played, um, but was just one of those natural athletes. We went bowling one night, and he beat the mess out of me, and then I realized he was bowling left-handed the whole time <laughs> just to mess with me. So it's yeah, not fair when people are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable for the Clippers teammates. I understand. Yeah. For our podcast listeners, again, and if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for doing that. Thanks for making us your first watch and first listen every day. What you just described, if he does the hair flip and kind of yes. straightens up the hair before Luke Kennard it's shoots, over. it's going in. It's but I'll tell you what, I really I love the Andre Dawkins pick. That is a smooth okay. looking jumper sure. that Andre's oh, yeah. got on him. All right, next up. Best doing the dirty work player of the 2000s is blank. Okay. Of the 2000s is 2000 till now? Yeah. You interpret okay. the again. I didn't know if it was like the 2000 to nines. So right. I mean, okay. Right. So, I'll let you take this how you want. Uh, okay. So first off, me thinking 2000 to 2009, I'm thinking, you know, Nate James, that yeah. guy, we don't win the 2001 title without him just sticking his nose in for rebounds. Uh, spotting up for corner threes. Um, you also got to shout out a guy like Lance Thomas on that 2010 team. I mean, same same kind of thing. You know, didn't didn't do want to shine on the offensive end that much, but got so many second chance points for us. Uh, rebounds and kickouts to Nolan uh, Shire and uh, Smith for threes. Um, David McClure, even a guy, was a dirty, you know, dirty work yeah. player. He didn't get as many, you know, accolades because we were kind of in that kind of lull for a while. Um, and then, and then you just mentioned my one of my favorite guys, Justice Winslow. Um, that 2015 team needed a, a glue guy, and, and once we shifted him to the four spot, and we kind of took off from there, he was that guy. Um, but overall, I'd say Nate James. Nate James was probably my, he's probably my my favorite dirty work guy best is one way to look at this. And so I think that, that Nate James definitely deserves some praise and recognition for what he was able to do. Dustin, I thought I was going to be able to stump you on one, okay. but you're so elite at what you do okay. that you gave David McClure praise for me. And I'll be honest, that was the very first name that I thought of when looking at this prompt. I mean, a guy that I went back and looked at the numbers, 124 games played for, I mean, a long career yep. playing for the Duke Blue Devils. Everybody remembers his game winner against Clemson. Clemson I mean, it's yep. just wide open. <laughs> yeah. 
And thank goodness he just lays it in softly. Never averaged more than four points a game for Duke, but yet would rebound, would defend, would play the passing lanes, block shots when needed. That's who I thought of, David McClure, doing the dirty work player of the 2000s. So I don't know if you guys remember the recruitment of David McClure, but he wasn't a top 50 guy. I think he was a top 100 guy, but in that, you know, closer to 100 range, and some people are – you know, well, what, why are you recruiting this guy and Coach K? He's a winner. You know, he's been uh, – he was from up north, whatever high school he played at, just state championships, like, for all four years, just knew how to win, knew what it took, um, and, and didn't really care to, to get any of the spotlight. So you got to give a guy like that so much credit to come in into that atmosphere with that many egos around, and it's Duke, and to just go out there and, and do the work that needs to be done. Your memory is impeccable. A Ridgefield, Connecticut native, Ridgefield, Connecticut. There the you go. number 71 player in the country. Okay. So you're yeah. exactly right. He's not in the top 50, but he is a top 100 player. This is amazing stuff. Dustin Chu joining me on Locked On Blue Devils. We've done two of them so far. Let's take a quick time out, and we continue in just a moment here on the program. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we welcome you back in here to Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson, alongside my buddy Dustin Shu from the Devil's Den podcast. All right, let's move on. Filling in the blanks. The player on the 2022-2023 team with the highest NBA ceiling is blank. Who on this year's team coming up do you believe has the highest NBA ceiling? And that's a tough one. Um, I think the obvious two choices are Lively and and Dariq Whitehead. Uh, I personally lean towards Dariq. I think Dariq has the NBA frame already. Um, Coming from Montverde, he's played alongside Cade Cunningham. He's played with Moses Moody. He's played with uh, uh, Scotty Barnes. I mean, he's played with some some really high-level NBA talent players. No kidding. So I think just kind of coming from that background and not to say that, that uh, Derek doesn't have the same kind of pedigree. Um, I think Derek's going to have to get bigger, a little bit stronger. Um, obviously he has the tools for the NBA, but I think my pick's going to be on Dariq. And I just love, I just love the, the two way wing players, man. Those guys just, that that's my, my people to watch. I, I think it is Dariq because I think you're right. I think it's just being able to do it on both ends of the floor. The fact that he played against that NBA competition at Montverde, I think this year is going to be pretty outstanding for him, for the Duke Blue Devils. It feels like in the mock drafts, you look at the Duke players for this upcoming year, and we're obsessed, Duke, obsessive Duke fans, Dustin. The first time we talked, we talked about recruiting rankings. Something that we're also guilty of is immediately looking at mock drafts for the next year, and Dariq's the first name that you come across when you look for Duke players there. So for that reason, I think he does have the highest NBA ceiling. Lively's probably the next guy that comes up after that. Is that what you're thinking? 
Yeah, but it, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Mark Mitchell doesn't True. shine. Because just just watching those uh, those little scrimmage videos that Duke men's basketball put out, um, you know, Mark's Mark's going to surprise some people with that motor he's got. He's like a bigger Michael K. Gilchrist to me. That shot is a little iffy, but if he can, you know, if he gets some space, he knocks them down. Um, he's just going to attack the rim relentlessly, and I love a guy like that too. So can go either hand, lefty or righty. Um, Something that's older and you would uh, a little inside joke. He's amphibious. Um, <laughs> one of the Maryland players back in the '80s, they asked him about going right hand. He said he was amphibious. So, um, yeah, Mark could surprise some people too, though. Let's move on. All right, the road venue that I most want to see Duke play in is blank. That's a good one. I think the obvious answer is the fog. Yeah, um, you know. I'm old enough to remember we've played at Michigan. We've played at UCLA. Uh, of course, we're about to do the home and home with Arizona, which which we, is awesome. I'm so excited for those matchups. Chef's kiss to, to John. <laughs> that was perfectly done. Um, but just the the history behind it, I think stepping into the fog and our our you know we've we've got a little reputation with Kansas. So um, yeah, playing there I think would be the spot I'd I'd like to at least for me personally. I'd love to go catch a game in there. Yeah, and to watch us play uh, Kansas in the fog would be pretty special. Yeah, and I'm glad that that's how. Because again, when people look at this question, I'm okay if it's somewhere that Duke has played before. Sure. Just what venues do you like okay. seeing Duke basketball play at? And okay. Dustin, I did my research because I'm like the first thing that came to mind was Allen Fieldhouse. I'm like, we've got to see a Duke in Kansas. That Jayhawk is massive on the yep. center court. Yeah, that's intimidating. And and just like, to hear the chant, you know, exactly. at the start of the game. Yeah. Has it ever happened before? And I found out in 1988, Duke went to Allen Fieldhouse and okay. they won 74-70 in overtime. So okay. shout out to the Duke Blue Devils for being undefeated in Allen Fieldhouse. That's seven years before I came into existence. But okay. I still I want to see it. I want to see it. And I want that to be a thing. Like, let's go play Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. I was four years old, and my first memories don't really start till the next year or two right. after that. So, uh, yeah, I would have never known that we had played. I didn't realize that we had played at the Fog already. Gonzaga and Kentucky have a home-and-home -home series coming up. Yeah. And now they're talking about not playing that game at Kimmel Arena, the right. home of Gonzaga, uh, for seating and ticket sales and that sort of thing. I just want to see – I like seeing schools – Play in other arenas that you're not accustomed to seeing too often. Sure. Oh yeah. A place like Oregon, they've got a silly court, you know. That. Um, the yeah, I thought have. about that. You know, Memphis is one hurts my eyes. True. Uh, <laughs> Oregon, Oregon, I don't mind, but it's not. You know, it wouldn't. I think we played Oregon. I don't think we played them at Oregon because we played them when Kyle. Uh huh. Was, uh, I bet we would have played them in Portland at that time. Um, you know, a good one that's it's still around. You could go back to uh, to Reynolds Coliseum, play NC State in Reynolds one time. Um, That'd be that fun. Was, yeah, that would be a nice little throwback night. That'd be awesome. All right, let's move on. We're doing our fill in the blanks for Duke men's basketball. We've got one more timeout here on the program. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Locked On Blue Devils each and every day. Make your second listen today. Be Locked On ACC. Every day, host Candace Cooper and the local experts like myself of Locked On take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Football season is right around the corner, so why don't you make Locked On ACC your second listen today? Also, I've been shouting it out all week, but check out Locked On Panthers with our host, Julian Council. 
as a native North Carolinian myself, so fired up for another Carolina Panthers season. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Julian Council talks about it each and every day as we gear up for football season. Final few moments here on today's edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. I'm J.J. Jackson, and joining me on the program today is my buddy Dustin Shu from the Devil's Den podcast. Shout out your podcast that you guys have, Dustin. If folks haven't heard of it before, what do you guys talk about? Duke things, obviously, but uh, maybe highlight some of the episodes you've had recently. Yeah, so we're the Devil's Den podcast. It's a branch of the uh, Devil's Den from 247 Sports. Um, recently, we, you know, the dog days of summer, not a lot going on. So um, we took that uh, opportunity to to go back and relive the the five title teams. So we've done a kind of a championship series. Uh, we highlighted the 91 and 92 teams, the 2001 teams, and the 2010 and 15 teams. Pretty awesome. And you can find the podcast wherever you get them, so make sure you go check that out right there. All right, we got a couple of more. Our final fill-in-the-blank episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. All right, this one you said that you've had a lot pop into your mind. So I'm going to give you the floor, and I, I think you might have to pick one, but I do want you to explain your thought process sure. on a variety of these. Here it is. The biggest what-if in the last decade for Duke basketball is blank. So that was the caveat is the in the last decade. In the last decade, I would go with what if uh, Keith Goings, I think that was his name, from Michigan State doesn't hit that three. We don't lose to Michigan State. We go into the final four. <clears throat> I think we, we hang our sixth banner that year. Obviously, that 2019 team, super talented. Um, but the reason I felt confident, the other three teams that made the final four, if you remember, Virginia, Auburn, Texas Tech, right. we'd beat all three of them already. Matter of fact, we beat Virginia twice. Uh, beat Auburn down in Maui. Uh, that was the Marcus Bolden coming out party game. Uh, beat Texas Tech. I believe that game was in New York and around December. Uh, Josh Smith, Smitty, and I caught that one at a at a bar over here in Concord. That was a great game. Uh, my other what ifs would have been if Kyrie didn't break his toe in 2011. I know that's a little past the decade. I'll count it. But if he didn't break his toe and him and Nolan get that chemistry all season, um, we're winning the champ. We're we're winning our fourth, you know, and back to backs ten and eleven, kind of that ninety one ninety two kind of style thing. Um, if that doesn't happen, I could go back even further. If Antonio Lang's fingernail was about an eighth of an inch longer, he brought Scotty Thurman's shot, and we beat Arkansas here and. 94, and I don't cry as a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, no, you can, I mean, all right, I like those. The what-ifs for Duke basketball over the last decade. 2019, I'm all for that one because, as you said, uh, we, you know, and you don't even have to go with the three-pointer for Michigan State. R.J. Barrett had a couple of free throws at the end of the ball game yep. that could have put Duke in a much favorable spot. So what if those free throws go in? I do think Duke is set up in a good spot to win that one. What about the year before, Dustin? Because this one came to mind as well. What if Grayson Allen makes the floater against Kansas? Or if they call the charge. Or if they call the charge. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, I saw the charge surfacing on the internet again. Oh, yeah. It'll never die. It'll, it'll never, never die. We'll never let that one go. But you know, the, like thing, the thing about the, that one, go ahead. I was going to say the charge, a little bit of the game is still in hand. You know, the shot from Gray is right there at the end. And I just like, Okay, make the shot. We're good. It's over. You win. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the 2018 one is you got Villanova waiting. 
when you get to the final four, and I'm going to be honest with you, that 2018 Villanova team, I don't think I wanted any part of them. We, yeah. we had a good team, but those guys just, they were running amok on people, uh, shooting threes, spreading the floor. Um, you know, our 2018 team, that the defense was what kind of hurt us that year. Um, and so I, I think even if we would have beat Kansas in that Elite Eight game, I'm not so sure we would have took it all home in in the Final Four. But, you know, that is a great what if. I, I definitely would have loved to have at least got there. Here's one, too, that people are probably screaming as they're listening to the podcast or watching this on YouTube. And, uh, again, obviously way more serious matters than Duke basketball in all of this. But Dustin Shue, what if the world's not taken over by a COVID-19 pandemic and we get the 2020 NCAA tournament, Justin Robinson coming into form, that entire team with Vernon Carey and company. Vernon was a beast. Um, you know, that's a great point. That team was probably, in hindsight, not looked at like a championship-caliber team. But if you're sure. a stat nerd like some of us are, uh, and you check Ken Palm every day, I keep it up on my phone. I don't know why. Um, but <laughs> if you know there's that magic number on Ken Palm of the 30 or better of, uh, adjusted efficiency margin, and to win a national championship, typically you have to have a 30 or better uh, rating there. There were only two teams that year when COVID canceled the season that had that mark, and that was us in Kansas. Man, what if? Could have been. Could've I would been. have loved to have seen it. And like you said, man, just to give Justin Robinson a couple more games, man. <laughs> oh. This yep. is great. All right, Still last on. one today. Fill in the blank, Duke basketball edition, Dustin Shue alongside me. The best Duke basketball uniform is blank. Oh, man. Uh, you know, they don't change a whole lot from yeah. year to year. But you got to choose one. But, you know, man, I know they're cursed. I love the black uniforms when they first came out when I was, I think I was in like eighth grade. They first debuted them. And I thought, man, that's sick. But if I had to pick my favorite, those 2015 road blues that Quinn and Tyus and company wore, um, all blue, just a white Duke, uh, white collar, white arm, arm spot. So uh, just, I don't know, classy and clean. I, lo I love those 2015 road blues. Yeah, we have had a, a, a few more over the past couple of seasons, sure. right? The uh, the Brotherhood, Old Script font. Is love those. Just, Shouts to Nolan for that you, design. You gave a chef's right. kiss earlier. I'm going to give a yep. chef's kiss yep. for that one. Yep. But the best for me I, I'm just all black. I mean, it. Okay. I just it's there's just something about showing up as a road team from time to time, rocking the all black. Yeah. Or you know, Duke means business. Well, especially when RJ tells you that it's your funeral now. You know, <laughs> that's why. I'm, so, uh, shout outs to those guys, killers kill. Um, how did you feel about the ones that had the chapel on the back? I, you know, um, some people those were up in there, but I know Nike was doing that thing. For, at that era, like 2009, 10, 11, where they were putting the holograms on the back. Uh, I, I kind of liked them, to be honest. I'm all for that. Yeah, no, I thought that they got very creative with the design and, and um, some of those, like, you don't notice it at first glance. And yeah. so yeah, you I, gotta think, beat up on it. Yeah. I think that takes away from it just a little bit, right? Sure. But it doesn't matter how far away you are. When you look at the floor and you see Duke rocking the All Blacks, like well, since yeah. we're on video too, I don't know if you guys can see. This was the uh, 
the first like gray uh, ones that we were uh, we wore them against Maryland. I think Miles Plumley set the uh, all-time rebound record single game in that game with like 24 rebounds. That's right. Um, but you know, we've at the last couple of years we've had these kind of one-offs uh, every once in a while. Um, like you said, the, the Brotherhood jerseys definitely shouts to those. Those are those are nice. Big time. Love it. Absolutely fun. And and this has been a whole lot of fun. Dustin, I really appreciate you taking time to join me on the podcast today. And we'll have to do this again sometime soon. All right. Anytime. That's Dustin Shue from the Devil's Den podcast. Check them out. Support their work. They do great stuff. And that wraps up another amazing week of Lockdown Blue Devils here today. Thank you for all your support. We're getting so much closer to 500 subscribers, which is surreal to even think about starting this journey back in March of 2021 in this past year, transitioning over to YouTube. This has been a whole lot of fun. Thanks for the support. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.